Hi, welcome to episode 25 of Talk About the Passion. Same old song and dance. My guest today is my friend Mike Luca Antonio. Mike and I have known each other for 40-something years. Uh, we grew up in the same town in Haunt, Mass., which is basically a tiny peninsula off of Lynn, Mass., which is north of Boston, uh, sort of. It's a couple towns over from Salem. He was my older brother's age, and they were good friends, and that's how I, I knew Mike. My father worked for A&M Records in the 60s and 70s, and uh, we we had got transferred to Los Angeles in 1976. Well, he did. And uh, so we moved out there, and then... Uh, you know, sort of as an aside to my, my first baseball games I saw as a kid were Dodgers games out there. So uh, that's sort of how I came to love that team, which some people may know. Um, anyway, we, we moved back to Nahant when my parents split up, and that was around 1980, 81. And after years with sort of a steady diet of Kiss, Led Zeppelin, Sticks, and Fog Hat and that kind of stuff, we started getting into more... New stuff like the Police, uh, B-52s, Joe Jackson, Devo, The Clash, that kind of stuff. And, you know, a few years later, I'd immerse myself in punk and hardcore, and I sometimes I wonder if my parents had stayed together and we remained in L.A., how I would have turned out. You know, when I've made my way to this, you know, music that ended up defining me for so many years. Am I rambling? I think I might be. So enough about me. Uh, Mike uh, came out here to sit down and talk, and it, it was awesome. Uh, I felt like I say this at the beginning of every episode, but Mike is, you know, one of the funniest guys I know, and uh, I guess that just means I know a lot of funny people. Uh, we talked for almost an hour and a half and got into, you know, a lot of cool stuff from his time learning guitar, how to play guitar, you know, playing in thrash metal band, Temporary Insanity, uh, as well as his time in Gang Green. Uh, Mike's, you know, one of the most down to earth, just least pretentious dudes I know, and just like a good guy. And I was, I was psyched he came out and hung out and uh, did this, which is my twenty-fifth uh, episode. Uh, so a couple more things before we start that. Uh, I'm on social media. Uh, if you search for "Talk About the Passion" podcast, you should be able to find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, same goes for wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find me there on uh, Apple Music, uh, Google Play, and uh, I'm actually on Spotify now, too. So if you search for Talk About the Passion podcast, and make sure you add podcast, or else you'll have to listen to that R.E.M. song of the same name, which is just a pretty good song. Uh, I And uh, I have an email now, which is uh, talkaboutthep at gmail.com, and if you'd like to set something up or, uh, you know, just say hello... You can use that email. It's uh, talk about the P, the just the letter P at gmail.com. And uh, also, I'm going to be in California this November uh, of 2018, and I'm hoping to set some episodes up out there. So if you're out there or know, you know someone who's out there who'd like to be on here, uh, let me know. I'll be out there at uh, the beginning of November. And uh, yeah. Anyway, here is episode 25. Same old song and dance. Uh, you'll find out why it's called that if you listen to the episode. And uh, this was great. And thanks again for listening. So I'm here with uh, my friend Mike Luca Antonio. How you doing, man? Hey, Chris. Jin. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and you're you're gonna hold the distinction of being the the guest I've probably known the longest 
Uh, All right. Yeah, yeah. So you and I both grew up in this town called Nahant, Massachusetts, which is basically like a, a little peninsula off of uh, Lynn, Mass, which is north of Boston. And in the early 80s, there really wasn't much to do there. Oh, actually, on the contrary. <laughs> you didn't go into the tunnels with Molotov cocktails and fireworks? Yeah, we, we did that stuff, too. Uh, <laughs> but I, we were there from... I, I was born there. My, well, not there, but that's where I lived. And then... As I? Guess, I. Yeah, yeah, and I guess... And you went to school with my older brother. And then when I was six, we moved back... We moved to California. I came back in 1980, and then that's sort of what you came back into the picture, you and my brother became friends and I think you were part of these but they would do these things where him and my my cousin Chris Maletti and uh, a couple other guys would do sort of these lip sync like concerts in the basement where they would have like I you might not have been part of I don't I wasn't part of that circle yeah yeah so I think you were the guy that actually played a real guitar so that was well, that's you why were, I wasn't in the circle. Yeah, I was in, exactly. in my own closet, at yeah, home, yeah. just weaving back and forth, playing yeah. guitar. Yeah, yeah so that's, driver. that's... <laughs> so when I met soul. you, that's what you... That was my first memories, is I watched these guys do these silly uh, lip-sync contest things that we would have in the basement to, like, Leonard Skinner and Zeppelin and whatever. I wish but I had were. known about it. I think it would have been uh, pretty good at it. <laughs> but, uh, so I that had really... my kiss down, for sure. <laughs> yeah. So that early on uh, in Nahant, where there was no stores there aside from like pizza and a couple of convenience stores, how did you find music like that, that young out there? Well, I found music actually from your brother. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but let me, let me back up a little more, actually. Uh, I got to say, do you remember, um, do you remember Mike Bongiorno? Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, pretty much Mike Bongiorno and Gene Simmons ruined my life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not literally, of right, course, right. but, yeah. you know, uh, Mike Bongiorno, he, he was into Kiss before I was. Yeah. He's the one who introduced me to Kiss. Right. And he bought a guitar first. Yeah. Um, actually, no, I, I don't think he bought it first. It was, there was like th- four guys that started playing guitar. I was like the last one in the okay. group. Yeah. I think the first one was, uh. Stephen Benneke, do you remember the Benneke's? Mm-hmm. Kevin, the Benneke, Kevin, Kevin was in my grade mm-hmm. with, with Jeff, of course. Yeah. And I think Stephen was the one kind of started it. He was certainly the best out of everybody when, it, yep. you know, when I first got my head wrapped around, hey, I want to play guitar. Right, right. And uh, Mike Bongiorno had one. I think Michael Caravage had one. Yeah. Um, Robbie Doyle. Um, you know, there's a few, few other people, there. names. I'm going to suck with... Anybody who's listening to this, I apologize because I suck with names. I'm not going to remember shit. Um, and Jeff, Jeff was my brother. Jeff, the listeners, um, yeah. he was the kid. Yeah, okay, I remember him. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, Mike Bongiorno got me into Kiss. Yeah. He got me into playing guitar. Yeah. And then, you know, and now I'm... I'm I'm exp- I'm exploring these different styles of music, this yeah, case, yeah. but I know there's other things. Yeah. And I go over Jeff's house, your house, yeah. and I walk into your room, and there's a million records. <laughs> and this is when, you know, uh, cassettes and recording records kind of started, yeah. you know, I guess growing. Well, maybe maybe not entirely, but in right. my world. Yeah, yeah. You know, I wanted to buy records, right. but I discovered... Um, cassettes and yeah. hey, I can record. Right. So when I walked into your brother's room, I went, cha-ching! Oh, I want to record everything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Every single... I used to do the same. <laughs> I had... I, I literally... 
<laughs> the first time I went in, I'm like, I want I want from here <laughs> to there. Yeah, yeah. And just bring it home. And he's like, no, 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 hold on. <laughs> it gave me like... An allotment of like just like these five. Maybe two or three records right. at, at a time. Yeah, yeah. But slowly, I ended up recording a good part of what would be construed as my collection from him um, within a few years. Yeah. You know, like pretty much all of my Led Zeppelin, most of my Aerosmith... ACDC, Black, Back in Black. Yeah. I didn't actually buy that CD until like probably five years ago. Right, Or right. I shouldn't say the CD, but... Right, right. You know, the pre-recorded yeah, presentation yeah. of it right. from the record company as distributed to the consumer. <laughs> yeah. Because I had just pretty much copied it. Right, right. From your brother. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I got a lot of my music from, from Jeff. Okay, okay. And, and then, uh, you know, started going off into other directions. As you know, got, got older, got into high school. And, yeah. Um, you know, uh, uh, Jeff and I didn't go to the same high school. We went to different high schools. Okay. You didn't go to Swampscott. You went to... No. I, I think my grade was the second to last grade to, by default, go to Lynn. Oh, right, right. And, and then, then all the kids started going to uh, Swampscott. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's where I ended up going. So, yeah, and he did. So, um and then when did you start playing with bands and that kind of thing? Well, again, you know, Michael Bongiorno, Stephen Benneke. Stephen Benneke was the guy. He was the guy to beat. Yeah, yeah. If you play like <laughs> Stephen Benneke, you're going places, kid. <laughs> um, I started taking lessons. We all took lessons from the same guy, Charlie Hicks. Okay. And I'm surprised I remember that name, but, yeah. you know, he uh, left a, an indelible mark right. in my psyche, in my musical, musicality. Right. Um. He was teaching at least four or five kids in the hunt, if not more. Yeah. But um, little by little, you know, people started kind of losing interest in it. I mean, right. Mike, um, he, he's, you know, he's, he's a lawyer now. Yeah. And you don't become a lawyer by playing guitar. Right, right. You got to go to school. You got to study. You got to right. work at it. And he did that. Mm -hmm. I, on the other hand, just never left. I completely submerged myself in it. I started taking lessons at about... I think 14, mm -hmm. I got my first guitar, I think like 12. Yeah. I just poked around with it mm -hmm. for those few years, learning like, you know, one and two string little pieces. Right, right. You know, bee -doo, bee -doo, <laughs> I played a song, it's amazing. Yeah. Was there, were there any artists or like records that made you go, really, I really want to fucking play guitar now after hearing? Kiss, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Kiss, I, I wanted to be Gene Simmons. Yeah, yeah. I actually, this is, I wanted to play drums first. My mother yeah. was like, Fuck that. Never going to happen. <laughs> yeah, Not yeah. in this house. Right. So I'm like, all right, well, then I want to be Gene Simmons then. Right. You know, everyone's got their guy, Gene, Paul, Peter, Ace. Yeah. I gravitated right to Gene Simmons. Yeah. And uh, I was I was all set, uh, you know, Sears and Roebuck. I had the catalog. We're going to get a bass and a little amp. And, yeah, yeah. Um, my um, brother-in-law? No, my stepbrother. Mm -hmm. My mother remarried. Okay. And uh, my my stepfather's biological son was a drummer okay. in a band mm -hmm. so i'm a young impressionable little kid yeah and he's got to be in his 20s at this point you know in a band and I'm like i'm looking at him like he's a rock star <laughs> he's made it right right and he said you know what you should play guitar first don't you know don't play bass play guitar first learn that then bass you can go is go to that and it'll come easier right and in hindsight he was exactly right right that's right. exactly what happened yeah but I got into guitar because of what he said, mm -hmm. and I started playing guitar and started learning it. And I was kind of a slow learner. I had to really work at it. Yeah. 
some people pick it up quick in a good in like you know six months right it took me like about two years before I was anywhere near where I was could kind of throw my chest out and go yeah I play guitar man. right right yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> but um okay I, I hit a wall <laughs> <laughs> yeah so so you started playing guitar and then I remember there there was like shows around Nahant where guys would get together and do covers and were we ever involved in any of that kind of stuff much later, yeah. Not when I was young. Not when I was first started. I mean, the the first band I was in, I was I was working at the Tides. Yeah, yeah. That was like my first job, yeah. and there was another kid there, Tom Boyage, and he 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 just started playing guitar. As a matter of fact, I was kind of giving him lessons. Yeah. And um, I mean, I had the knowledge, but I didn't necessarily have the chops. Right. I was still developing the chops, but. Yeah. Um, I was giving this kid lessons, and he was like, you know, we should jam together. And I'm thinking, right. I'm not ready to play. I'm yeah, yeah. nowhere near. Right. And and then I kind of rethought about it, and I said, well, you know, when am I going to be ready? Right. You know, if I just go by my own um, line that I set for myself, I won't be ready till I'm 35. Right, right, right. Maybe. Yeah. So I was like, ah, screw it. So we went, we, we played together. We, there was a drummer. Yeah. For the first few years, I never had a bass player. It was yeah. just, just guitars. two guitars, a drummer. Right. And a singer that could never make it to rehearsal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you rehearse in, in someone's basement? Um, no. Actually, the very first rehearsal I ever did was in like a storefront, I think. Oh, uh, wow. like, like maybe like a lawyer's office or something. Yeah. It was like okay. the, the, the drummer. It was actually a, a drummer, singer, brother paradigm. Yeah. And the house they lived in, they lived above like these the store kind of... I guess commercial, yeah, commercial realty, right? Huh. And we played in the store, yeah. You know, we would be in there playing, and you know, looking out this huge <laughs> picture window, right? And um, it was, you know, it was amazing then, right? Right. You know, now I'm looking at it. It's like it's like baby pictures. Yeah, yeah. I, I had some audio recordings of some of the rehearsals that we did, and you know, god awful, but <laughs> but like at the time pictures, though, and, but at the time that like. When you first get together with a band, you're like, "Wow, we're making music. This is I'm awesome." I'm making this. Yeah, yeah. It's... I was amazed. I was so amazed that I could figure out songs. Yeah. And play like, like same old song and dance. When right. I learned that properly. Yeah. And it's like I wanted to set my amp out <laughs> on my front porch and just right. play for Show the whole everyone. Look, yeah, yeah. I can do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Isn't it amazing? Yeah. And I found out later on that. Most people just don't care, right? Right. Which is fine. Yeah, yeah. But you know, people I'm not like us do. I'm like, yeah. dude, Luke Antonio can play Stormbringer <laughs> by Deep Purple or On and On by Michael Schenker Group. Uh, my, <laughs> my my big thing in high school was, uh, hey, 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 Luke, do Spirit of the Radio. <laughs> that was like my big oh, claim right, yeah. to fame because I could play that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, nice. I remember being at many parties. You know, there'd be a guitar there or something. Like, I heard that many. Hey, Luke, do Spirit of the Radio. <laughs> uh, okay. Do you remember your uh, first concert that you went to? Yes, I do. Yeah. And uh, it's another Mike Bongiorno special. Yeah. It was uh, Kansas and Mahogany Rush. Oh, nice. Where was that? The Garden? Boston Garden. Yeah. And I was um, I was scared. Yeah, yeah. Because I heard, you know, you, you hear all kinds of crazy stories. Right, right. You know, drugs and yeah. beatings and right, fireworks right. and rapes. and <laughs> Right. Um, certainly, that none of that happened. I right, smelled right. a lot of pot. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, nothing else. At least right. that I saw anyways. Yeah. I'm sure the beatings and the rapes were not there at all, but <laughs> yeah. it may have possibly been a possible 
you know, right problem over there. Somebody yeah, yeah. pushing and shoving, but yeah. I never saw it. Yeah, that kind of stuff we always heard about as kids, where you'd be like, "Oh my god!" You know, the Aussie uh, throw. I wouldn't get knifed. Puppies into the crowd <laughs> and that kind of thing, and yeah, so yeah, it was crazy. But I have no idea to this day who our adult supervision was when we went. For that show, Certainly, yeah. we didn't go alone. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and did you venture to other? Did that sort of get you into wanting to go to more shows after that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew I wanted it. Not, yeah. not only did I want to be in sh- go to shows as the audience member, but I wanted to be involved. I wanted to play. I, yeah. I. I've never really inspired to be the rock star. I just wanted to be in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whether it's on stage, off stage, right? And, um, I mean, I, I've I've offered roadieing services to many different bands just because I just want to be there. Yeah, I want to do stuff. In it. Yeah, definitely. You know, I'm sitting on the side of the stage, or I'm sitting on the stage. Yeah. You know, whatever. <laughs> just I'm there. I'm doing something. Yeah, yeah. Um, did you? Uh, so, when did you start writing music yourself at one point? Um, I, I, I wrote riffs. I, I yeah. made up music. I don't right, want to say right. I wrote songs. Yeah, I, yeah. Everything I've ever tried to written, write, I mean, as lyrics were usually stupid. Right. <laughs> or it would turn into like some kind of a rush song. I was, right, I was right. over intellectualizing Oh, yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, I think the, my biggest claim to fame, I guess, is writing is a Stupid song called My Brush, which is only 30 seconds long. Yeah, yeah. I wrote it as a joke for myself. Right. At the time, I was in a band called Temporary Insanity. It was like thrash metal. Yeah. And I played it. I did a four-track <laughs> four, four version of it myself. Yeah. That story of itself is funny. I, I, I'll I try yeah. not to ramble on too much. But no, no. It's... I was on a date with a girl. Okay. And I uh, I, I had this song. I, I, I used to work in a music store. Yeah. And I just... I wrote it. I made it up. And it, was, it was in my head. I didn't right. literally write it yeah, down. Yeah. I had it in my head. Yeah. So we went into my rehearsal space. You know, we were supposed to go out to a movie, maybe or dinner or right. something. You know, it was like early in the night. Right. And she said, "Well, yeah, are all these your guitars?" You know? <laughs> and we come by a four track. She's like, "What's that?" I said, "No, oh, it's a four track." Yeah. What does it do? Let me show you. <laughs> and the night was ruined because uh, I proceeded yeah. to record my brush <laughs> right. and I played the drums, the bass, the guitar, and I sang it. Yeah. <laughs> on a first date yeah that's pretty good it was the last date too <laughs> and you know she kept saying no, it's okay you don't have to explain I'm like no just give me another minute see then you take this and you put the plug in and right then, let's see I'm gonna go do the drums now and you know <laughs> and I did a horrible job on the drums but you know it was just a quick version of it yeah does that and does she, that recording still exist oh yeah it's still out there floating yeah, around yeah. and then uh, when Temporary Sandy went in the studio to record the uh, our demo yeah we had a little extra time and a little extra tape left, so we're yeah. like, oh, let's let's record this. Yeah, and it was kind of meant as a throwaway. Right, right. And you know, and people seemed to like it. Yeah, I remember I was at a like a bar from a wedding or something. Somebody got married, and I was yeah. this is like years and years later. I'm you know I'm I'm fatter, I'm balder, right. and I'm not the man I used to be as far right. as looks. Yeah, yeah. And I'm and I'm like I'm sitting at the bar drinking, and there's a few people over. I'm like maybe. 10, 15 feet. Yeah. And they're talking about temporary insanity. And I go, oh, yeah, remember that band? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah my brush. That was a great song. I'm thinking, that's it. That's what they remember. I wrote so much more music that was right. so much better than that right, right. stupid song. But yeah, yeah. 
that's what people gravitate to and <laughs> you know they roll with it right i mean i call it a stupid song and it's not it's not really stupid it's just yeah, yeah. meant to be fun and funny right. and entertaining yeah it's certainly not a conquest of musicality by right. any stretch <laughs> but it's just fun yeah yeah so to sort of make our way uh, get to temporary insanity we'll go back a little to um do you sort of remember when like punk and like like the more thrash and that kind of stuff started coming into your life well everything kind of you know grew from one thing to the next to the next yeah. kiss brought me into it yeah then the hardest thing i got into after that was aerosmith yeah and uh you know live bootleg he said oh my god he said fucking the album that's amazing <laughs> yeah and then you know black sabbath and then i got into iron maiden and judas priest yeah and for a while, there was just like nothing harder than yeah. Iron Maiden. Yeah, it kind of stopped there. And then. And I, I can't imagine anything harder than that. Right. And then I kind of discovered Metallica. Yeah. And everything kind of segued into the next thing, into the next thing. Yeah. And Metallica, you know, went to uh, Anthrax, into SOD, yeah. which got me into a little bit more punky. Everything yeah. kind of moved in DRI. Then, yeah. Uh, I started discovering bands like um, the Dead Kennedys. Yeah. And I started getting, I listening to like Black Flag and yeah. Bad Brains, but I didn't get into it. I didn't like it. Right. And the only reason why I didn't like it, because the recordings were horrible. Yeah, yeah. My ear had been developed by bands like Kiss and Kiss, you know, like Destroyer. Right. That's an amazing sounding album. Yeah, yeah. And like Iron Maiden, listen to, you know, Number of the Beast. Um, right. And then the album Peace of Mind. I mean, oh, yeah. all these albums that have massive production. Yeah. And I didn't n understand. Yeah. I just, my ears were developed to listen to that polished drums and that right. polish and everything's mixed together. Yeah. And you listen to like Black Flag, you know, this is fucking God awful. <laughs> yeah, I know. I can't listen to this. Yeah. But I wasn't listening to the song. Right. I was listening to the production. Yeah, yeah, of course. And in hindsight, I'm angry about myself. Everything <laughs> I love now, I hated then. Right, right. First time I heard the Sex Pistols, I'm like, they suck. Yeah. Ramones. I'm like, this is god awful. This right, is terrible. Right. Frank Zappa, forget it. <laughs> this is god. I mean, I love all that stuff now. Yeah, yeah. But particularly with the punk stuff, you know, I'm like, I'm 30 years too late. <laughs> yeah. Like, you... I love Black Flag and Bad Brains, Fear, Flipper. Yeah, yeah. You know, local stuff, you know, Jerry's Kids. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, and it's just, I, I'm, I'm, I, like, I'm almost angry at myself that I deprived myself <laughs> right. of such a cool thing that was going on. Yeah, yeah. So at you, the time. So did you go to any punk shows back then? Not as much as I would have liked. Yeah, yeah. I hate to admit it, but, you know, Anthrax was the one that crossed me over into it. Yeah, yeah. I went to see it. My, the first time I ever saw Slam Dancing or Stage Diving was at an Anthrax show at yeah. Paradise. Oh, yeah, it was at that. I yeah. had no <laughs> idea. Yeah. And I'm thinking, I'm going to stand up front for this show. I love Anthrax. I'm going to be right up front. Yeah. As soon as they started playing, I was like, what the fuck is this shit yeah. and i was backed right show. up yeah and i was at the the edge of the pit just yeah. watching everything completely perplexed yeah not a clue i had no idea <laughs> yeah so a couple shows were like that and then the first show i actually partook in it was uh corrosion of conformity at the rat oh yeah i was hung over to the max <laughs> and i went there with kevin norton do you remember oh, yeah. kevin norton yeah, of course yeah and <laughs> he and I were at a party the night before. We slept over this kid's house. It was in the South Shore. Yeah. And I was in a band, Temporary Insanity, at the time. And we used to have parties at this one kid's house. Yeah. It was a big house. People would just get shit-faced, drunk, sleep there. Yeah. We woke up the next day. We had to go to 
Well, we didn't have to go, but <laughs> I wanted to go. And I then I, I wasn't. Kevin's like, Mike, you gotta go. You know, d don't let the hangovers. You gotta come. You gotta. And he's like, Yeah, oh, yeah I guess you're right. We'll go. Yeah. Oh. And I'm watching the pit, and I'm thinking, you know what? I'm doing this. <laughs> hungover. Yeah. Headache. And I went in. Yeah. And it, I got unhung over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the adrenaline, I was just like, this is great. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I've been an avid pitter and stage diver <laughs> since then. Now, still. I was that somersault kid off the monitors a couple yeah. of times. Nice. Not nowadays, though. No. Well, no. <laughs> a couple times I've been to shows, my wife's like, don't do it. You can see it in my eyes. Yeah, like, yeah. Just, just, just for a minute. Uh, I know, just right. for a minute. I know, right? <laughs> And and that uh, Kevin went on to eye for an eye, but at the time was he uh, burnt offerings? He was in that? burnt offerings. Yeah. Um, it, it he and I, I mean, we were friends. Yeah. But we're doing you know our own things. Yeah. So we didn't really crisscross, and like I didn't go to a lot of his shows, nor he to mine right. a lot. I mean, certainly there was some. Yeah, yeah. But you know, you're in your own thing, and particularly yeah. for myself, I can't speak for Kevin. I, I kind of have blinders on. Whatever I'm doing at that time, that's just that's what Everything I'm doing, I, and I yeah. miss out a lot. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm I'm doing with what's in front of me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you kind of hone in on one thing, and, and uh, you know, there's only so much listening real estate in my head. Yeah, yeah. No, and there's a lot of bands that I I missed. I missed yeah. the train on some of it. I mean, yeah. the Chromags. Yeah. I only got into the Chromags in the last like two years. Yeah. Um, you know the the first album dealing with it, dealing with it. Oh, it's right. <laughs> um, age of quarrel. Yes, age of quarrel. Yeah, fucking idiot. I am. <laughs> I, I I started listening to it. Yeah, and I'm like, oh my god, I want to punch myself in the face. Yeah, for not you know getting into it when it was going yeah. on. Yeah. And then I you certainly want to punch someone else in the face. People talking about it. And like, oh, Chrome Magazine, Chrome I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I, I get rehearsal tonight. I don't yeah, have time yeah. to listen to that. Yeah, I'll get to it at some point. Yeah. yeah. It took me 30 years and I finally got to it. <laughs> I do that with a lot of bands too. Like the uh, the Stooges were one of those that everyone said you have to love. And I never really got into them until maybe the last decade or so. So, whatever. You know what got me into the Chrome Mags was a hat purchase. Oh, yeah? I bought a Chrome Mags hat. <laughs> yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, well, I can't be one of those guys. <laughs> now that I have this and I'm advertising it, I really should listen to it. Yeah, yeah. And then I listened to it and I was like, oh, you fucking idiot. <laughs> and uh, so Temporary Insanity was based out of Lynn or just We rehearsed in Lynn. Okay. I don't know. I guess I'd have to say we were based out of Boston because right. I lived I lived in the Haunt. Yeah. The the bass player was from Gloucester, but he was living in Peabody. Right. Our drummer was from Randolph, mm -hmm. and the singer lived in Quincy. Okay. So technically, you had half the band South Shore, half the band North Shore. Yeah. So met in the middle. So meet in the yeah. middle. Yeah. But we rehearsed in in uh, in, in Lynn. Lynn. Yeah. Yeah. Lynn has like a, a history of uh, metal that. You know, his kind oh, yeah. of, uh, which is... Here's a note. Spike yeah. Raven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Spike Raven is a band I never... I don't think I ever heard. I used to just see it spray-painted. Uh, sorry, I guess that was my <laughs> that phone. That's all right. I forgot to shut it off. <laughs> that's fine. Uh, I used to see that spray-painted every, everywhere on Lindbergh. still there. Yeah. On, I don't, I don't I know ever. what street it is, but it's still blasting through um, in, you know, in Lynn. Nice, nice. On, on the train tracks. Yeah. Yeah, there's a, I put a... Uh, only living witness uh, sticker on a stop sign in 
Oh, that 19- was you? Yeah, in like, <laughs> in like 1994 or something in uh, Swampscott, and it's still there. Um, but yeah, so Spike Raven was sort of the first Lynn metal band that, that people hear about. And then uh, there was a bunch of different musicians and bands from there. Like, So we, we were you kind of immersed in, in that with those people? Or? When... When I first, before Temporary Insanity was a band, yeah, um, I, I met the drummer. I went to Berkeley for a year and a half. Okay, and um, I, that's where I met the drummer. Literally, first day of class, I'm walking into a jazz school, and there's a kid there wearing an Iron Maiden shirt. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna sit next to him. <laughs> yeah, sat down like, what do you play? What do you like? What do you right. do? <laughs> and we decided to play together. And the only rehearsal space that I even really knew about was. No, in Lynn. Yeah. And Spike Raven was in there. Okay. So I remember I used to go in there as a, before I even went to Berkeley even, would go in there and just kind of, I was a hang around kid. Yeah. Hey, can I come in and watch <laughs> you guys rehearse, please? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure. Just sit there and shut up. Great. All right. <laughs> and I remember I came down with Randy, mm-hmm. uh, the drummer from Temporary Insanity, and um, we, we got a room ne- yeah. next to Spike Raven. Nice. And I remember the first time Randy and I were playing together, the whole band came in, were just watching us, like, because Randy was absolutely smoking player. Yeah. Like, still to this day, like, one of the best drummers I've ever played with. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I'm no Inve Malmsteen, but <laughs> I, I, I'm not too bad. Yeah, of course. So, Randy and I, you know, we're playing, and, like, the whole band, Spike Raven, you know, they're, they're peering in our door. Right. And I'm playing, and I'm cutting my head down, but my peripheral vision is at full strength. Yeah. Yeah. And I can see them all looking in, and they're looking more at Randy, of course, right. and myself. Yeah. But they were just amazed, and I'm thinking, oh, boy, this is going to be great. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, it morphed in, you know, into a pretty happening thing, the whole temporary insanity thing. Yeah. But certainly Spike Raven, they were, um, you know, I guess as a local entity yeah. of what can be accomplished, mm-hmm. showed me that, you know, I, I, you know, I can get this room, we can get these amps and put on a show and think yeah. about things. It was yeah. they're, they're, they were a learning experience. Yeah. Wasn't necessarily my cup of tea musically per se. Right. I was much, you know, into the harder yeah. edge thing. They were, they yeah, were more kind Judith of stuff Priestie. For, okay. Yeah. I, didn't, I was going to ask what, uh, what kind of metal they, they were. I mean, it was good, yeah, you yeah. know, for what it was, but it right. wasn't necessarily what I, where I wanted to be. Right. I was, you know, Iron Maiden, Metallica, yeah. right. Anthrax, and, and SOD was a huge thing that, you know, made the yeah. turnaround speed, fast, oh, yeah. you know, quick, stupid song. That's, yeah, that's yeah. when the song My Brush came from. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Know, I just wrote a stupid 30 <laughs> second song. That would have fit on uh, Speak English. <laughs> exactly. I listened to that record just yesterday at work and uh, turned it down when one of uh, our techs came in because uh, he may have taken exception to uh, that particular. Title song. But anyway, we'll, we'll move on past that. Um, hey, they're ahead of their the, time. Yeah, that that, that <laughs> era of uh, thrash metal and, and hardcore meeting, I think, was was a cool cool time in music history, especially in uh, New England. I just wish it didn't take me so long to get into the punk thing. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. was a crossover thing. Right, yeah. But again, like I, I don't want to be redundant, but that whole you know production value thing. Yeah, yeah. No, I ended up robbing myself of a lot of good times. That that happened to me early early on. My, uh, you, you know, the Burrills in, in the hunt. Yep, yep. Where, uh, my, my aunt, great aunt, uh, Grace Burrill, her, uh, well, my great aunt, her, his hu- her husband, Carmen Burrill, his brother is Al Burrell from SSD's uh, dad. Okay, yeah, I think um, yeah, I think, I think we're friends on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, 
Um, so I remember, great, my Aunt Gracie gave me the copy of their first record, Kids Will Ever This Say. And I remember just looking at it. She's like, this is your cousin. And uh, thinking, like, this is, where's the skulls? You know, there's no, where's the cool logo? Like, this, <laughs> I don't even think I took it home. I didn't, you know, and that yeah. album's worth thousands of dollars at this point. And it became, you know, one of my favorites years later when I caught on to that stuff. But uh, I had sort of the same thing where it kind of took me a little while because for years I was into sticks and <laughs> Kiss and Super Tramp and, well, that's that's that what I, developed my ears. Yeah, that's yeah. What I was w looking for. Yeah, so same thing when when I heard Black I Flag. Sustenance. Yeah, yeah. I didn't hear the song. I heard the. Geez, that sounds real noisy. And like, who did they record this in? It. How's the song? It Fuck sounds it. great. Right. But how's the song? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know, but it sounds great. <laughs> um, so, so temporary insanity. Uh, when did they form? Um, let me see. It was 84 I'm gonna say about 86 because I met the drummer in 84 you know the Berkeley thing yeah and we started playing together about 86 yeah we were essentially a cover band I mean yeah. you know you get together for the first time you just play other people's music yeah and um, I actually have on cassette the first show we ever played as Temporary Insanity oh really but it was with a different drummer different singer and a different drummer. It was with a different bass player <laughs> right, right. and a different singer. And yeah. it was all covers. Oh, wow. You know, I think we did like Iron Maiden, Dio. Um, I think, yeah, we did Metallica. I sang Whiplash. Oh, yeah, nice. That was all right. Yes. Unfortunately, that was the same show that I wore spandex at my <laughs> girlfriend. Just said, oh, you got to wear it. Everybody's doing it. You look great. <laughs> That was the one and only time I wore spandex. Is there the pictures picture of just that? serviced, like the last. Uh, the bass player, as a matter of fact, from that lineup, posted a picture of me with the spandex. Oh, yeah, I, like, oh, I think I remember God. seeing that. Now that I think, is that you had the uh, Explorer? The... I still got yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, nice. I, that, that's my go-to guitar. As a matter of fact, I, I gotta. I'm going to re uh, do some recording tonight. Yeah, and uh, I, on every recording I've ever done, I've used that guitar. Oh, that's awesome. I hate the way it looks. Yeah. But I love the way it feels and I love yeah. the way it sounds. Yeah, yeah. As a matter of fact, when I was in Gangrene, Chris Doherty banned that guitar from any <laughs> performance. Yeah. You're not using that on stage <laughs> with me. Next. <laughs> That's amazing. And I was like, hey, you know, whatever. <coughs> I, I have other guitars, certainly, I can use. Right, right. But when I did record with Gangrene, I said, I don't care what you say. Yeah. I'm using this in the studio. Nobody can see it. Yeah, me, nobody's going to see it. Yeah. But they can certainly hear this guitar. Yeah. But. Um, and and T.I. was a, a thrash. Yeah, thrash, definitely thrash. We we got a little punky here and there. Yeah, I mean we we covered uh, we covered the Crumb Suckers. Yeah, uh, we covered uh, Men Without Hats. Ramones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I Men saw Without you, Hats. I saw you guys Safety at uh, celebrations with uh, Wargasm, and I remember you. And I hadn't seen you in years, and that was sort of before the internet or anything. And my brother and I went to see Wargasm. And we go, and there you are, because we didn't know that you were in this, you know, we probably had lost touch with you at that point, and uh, so yeah, it's Mike Lucantoni once, then you guys did that, yeah, the safety mosh. You know, as you say it, I'm vaguely remembering that. Yeah. Remember, I drank a lot of alcohol, <laughs> not so much drugs, right. um, yeah. you know, certainly a, a little bit of um, powdery things, yeah. very minimal, <laughs> right, right. no pot, because it just completely ruined me. Yeah. But I drank an awful lot of yeah. So there's a lot of those shows are kind of a little cloudy. But as right. you're saying, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. I I I, I kind of remember that now. <laughs> um, and uh, and who else was in that band? Uh, you got Glenn Rice. 
Glenn how did, Rice. How did you guys hook up with him? Oh, this is a good one. He was a, a or the first time I, that time when I saw you guys, I was I was pretty scared of him. He was he's a pretty big guy. I was I was the opposite. But, I wasn't scared of him. As a matter of fact, the reason why we met him is because I think I think it was Slayer. Yeah. I could be wrong, but it was at the channel. Yeah. And I was stage diving excessively. Yeah. At this one particular show. Naturally, he's the biggest guy. Yeah. So I was gravitating to him. Yeah. I kept I dove on him probably like <laughs> literally five, six, seven times maybe. Yeah. And finally he grabbed me. <laughs> he grabbed me and spun me around in the pit and threw me and I wiped out probably another five or six guys yeah. and brought him down because he's like he was so pissed. Yeah. Well, I can understand, you know. Yeah, yeah. I was I was I was a pain in the ass. I'm still a pain in the ass. <laughs> But um, you know, when you're on the stage and you you're about to dive, you're looking around. Oh, there you go. That yeah. that's my spot. Yeah, and he yeah, was in my spot all yeah. the time. <laughs> and then a few months after that, I met him at a party in Lynn. Actually, yeah. Um, there was this um, kind of, I don't know what you want to call it. Um, pretty boy band, you know, like Poison. Yeah. Uh, kicks. Uh, the Sly Boys. White. Yeah, I think it was the Sly Boys. <laughs> I think it was. <laughs> We used to sell that when I worked at Rocket Records. We sold there. They were actually. They, they, and they were did actually, they live in Lynn? Do you remember them living in Lynn? Uh, I know they practiced in Peabody because we, we practiced right next to them. I remember we were there one night, and nice stand by the way. Oh, thanks. <laughs> uh, only the best equipment. Um, and they were in there practicing literally just the vocal harmony for. Uh, Journey. Yes, na, I na, temporary na, insanity na, rehearsed up na, there, na. and they're at the opposite yeah. end of the building. We had room like, one, yeah, and they had room like I don't know twenty, whatever. Yeah. Yes, I remember them. <laughs> it's like two hours of them just doing that, uh, but they were they were like their actual songs and, and presentation of that genre of music was was actually pretty good for. They were good, yeah, and yeah. they did what they did good. Yeah, I hated it. Yeah, yeah, at the time that was, but I my, gave them props. Yeah, yeah. And if it was them who had the party, yeah, yeah. So, I can't yeah. remember if it wasn't them, then it was a band like them. Right, right. But um, temporary and senior were at this party. We didn't okay. have a singer at the time. Yeah. And I, we walk into the party. Uh, it was myself, uh, Glenn. Oh Jesus! Myself, Randy, the drummer, <laughs> and Steve Cloutman, the bass player. Okay. You know, we're, we're, let's go out and hang as a band. We're a band. Yeah. So we went to this party, and then there's Glenn. Yeah. And we almost at the same time looked at each other and went, hey, I know you. <laughs> right. And I'm like, yeah. And almost at the same time, I'm going, I'm the guy that was jumping on you. He was like, you're the guy who kept jumping on me. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we shook hands. Yeah. And we, you know, we talked. We exchanged pleasantries. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, it was, you know, it was good. It was, yeah. it was fun. Yeah. And uh, we decided to, you know, so, you know, what do you do? What are you doing? Are you in a band? Right. Blah, blah, blah. He said, yeah, we're in a band. We don't have a singer. And he's like, well, I'll, I'll, I'll try. I'll, I'll, I'll try. We're like, okay. Yeah. Sure. I mean, it, you know, you're playing thrash. Yeah. It, you don't, it's, we're not looking for Jeff Tate. Right, right. You know, yeah, anybody yeah. who's going to go get him, get him, get him, get Right. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. And he was the first guy that said, I'd uh, try it. Yeah. Was he the first guy? Yeah, I think he was the first, you know, as a thrash. Right, player. right, yeah. Um, there was no, no. There was another guy that came down, but he was completely out of his mind. I don't remember his name. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he lasted like literally not even a night. Okay. We're all looking at each other like, mm. <laughs> right. This guy, no. Yeah. <laughs> and then Glenn came down, and uh, but 
But yeah, we met Glenn at the party. And okay. Said, oh, I'll do it. So we came yeah. down and we did it. Nice. And that was it. Yeah. There was no tryout. Right. He right. just did it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so with that band, then you guys, did you start getting good shows? Yeah. Um, I. I sucked. I never really did anything, but I played guitar. I have, yeah. Like I said, the blinders. Yeah. And uh, I didn't get any shows. Right. I didn't think about background vocals. Right. I didn't know about PA systems. Um, I did learn how to record. Yeah. With the four track because it was a tool. Right. Yeah. And it was a writing tool. Yeah, definitely. So we can get ideas, you know, together. Yeah, throw ideas down. Because I suck at explaining things. So I'm right. Like, oh, just you know, it's it just kind of like this. Right. What? Yeah. So then we can actually put it down a four track. Right, right. This is what I'm thinking about. Play the yeah. four track. But um, the I lost track. What the what the? Oh, we're talking about uh, so creating music with with temporary insanity. Did you guys start? Oh, uh, playing with good yeah, bands. That's right. The shows. The shows. Yeah. There we go. The shows. <laughs> My brain is gone. Yeah, me. I'm beating myself up too much. <laughs> yeah, we get um, pretty much when Glenn joined the band. I, I would say he got most of, if not all, of our shows. Yeah. Because obviously he's the most visible. Yeah, yeah. So people, everybody knew him. Yeah. And when he came into the band, I wasn't even thinking that. Yeah. I yeah. was just thinking, can this guy sing or not? Right, right. I didn't care if he was big or small. He could have been, you know, three feet tall <laughs> and weigh four hundred pounds. I right. wouldn't care if yeah. just can you do the job? Yeah. And you know, all the everybody was friends. You had, uh, you know, Wargasm. Oh yeah. Um, Malaya Rage. Rage yeah. uh, and it was Formicide and. You know, all these metal bands, yeah. Subjugator, and yeah. everybody was all friends. Everybody would go to, you know, backyard parties yeah. and things. Yeah. So as shows would come up, I guess, on the think tank, like say hypothetically, Wargasm got a show. Right. Oh, right, well, who, who's going to play before us? And right. they would, you know, pick from these bands that yeah. were all friends and same genre. Yeah. I never asked, how do we get that? Who? I just, Glenn would, or somebody would say, oh, we're playing, at, we're playing at the channel next week with right. uh, Wargasm and... Uh, dusty top hat and right. form aside. Oh, yeah, dusty top hat. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Right. I didn't care. I was just like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't thinking ahead. I was just thinking, I gotta, I gotta play. I gotta play yeah. faster. I gotta learn this song. I gotta, yeah, I'm a good just <laughs> guitar, guitar, guitar. Yeah, yeah. So the show, shows just kind of got like handed to us, so to yeah, speak. Yeah. Did you, did you guys open for any uh, huge bands or anything? Uh, we opened for Guar. Oh yeah, nice. that was a life changing experience for me. I'll tell yeah, you. Yeah. Um, Did you know of them before? before I had it? no idea what, who they were or what they were about. <laughs> Glenn got that show. He, yeah. He came down. He's like, "Oh, we're gonna open for Guar." And I'm like, yeah, "Whatever." <laughs> right. Right. Who Who were they? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'd never heard of them. Right. And if you listen to the first album, again, production value was god awful. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I I wasn't impressed. Right. I had no clue. Yeah. And the day it was at Green Street Station, oh, it was yeah. a daytime show. Yeah. The I I had something to do that night. Yeah. Something I couldn't remember. I don't remember what it was. And I was kind of a jerk about it. I was like, yeah, whatever, we'll play this. I, you know, I'm I get this other thing going on. Yeah. I'm just gonna go in, play, and I'm out and right. you know, being a jerk. And we drove up and I got out and I'm like, oh, all these props. I'm like, oh my oh my God. Yeah. What is this about? <laughs> I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna stick around and see what happens. <laughs> and we had um, there was like these two guys that were helping us out. I don't want to call them roadies, but right. they were roadies. Yeah, you know, guitar techs. Uh, this guy Jack, who was he was our neighbor, okay. rehearsal space neighbor, and this other guy Jeff Cody. Yeah, and 
the three of us, after, you know, T.I., we did our set, and then Gua got up. The three of us, we stood there at the edge of the pit, so yeah. to speak, and just watched the whole show, literally, with jaws, just yeah, yeah. almost standing in a pool of drool, or right. just couldn't believe what we were seeing, yeah. that anybody could pull off this amount of theatrics in such a shithole. Yeah, that tiny club. The place and was... it was amazing. Yeah. And... And then I was totally, you know, wrapped into it after yeah. that. And uh, I'm moving ahead a little bit into the story. Yeah, you had a story about them later on. I, uh, I, I, I had set up an audition. Actually, I was involved yeah. in that. Yeah. That version of the band that I saw, the the guitar player, I think it was Flatus Maximus. Yeah. Uh, was the character, I believe. But his real name was Dewey something or other. Right. A couple of years later, we see him. See him at, I, I went to every show after yeah, that. Whenever yeah. we were in town. Yeah. And I was talking to that guy out in the parking lot. And, you know, they remembered us. Yeah. And he, I can't remember really exactly what was said word for word verbatim, right. but something like, you know, I'm, I'm out of here. This is like my last show. It was my last tour. I was like, really? Right. You got a replacement? <laughs> and he's like, no, nah, I don't know. They don't even know yet. Right. I'm like, really? I'd be interested. <laughs> yeah. He's like, all right. And he wrote down some numbers. Yeah. And he said, well, after this, wait till this time and, you know, call this and tell them. Yeah. And I did all that. Yeah. Long story short, and all that, um, I, I had a, I had an audition set up. Yeah, but I had to go to jail. Oh, <laughs> so I I missed my audition. Well, that sucks. Yeah, D W I or O U I. Yeah, whatever acronym works for you. <laughs> we can we can use either one. <laughs> yeah, uh, but um, yeah, it was um. Then I lost track again. Guard <laughs> shows. Wargasm. Uh, temporary insanity. Uh, did you guys start recording after that? Did you have a, a demo at that time? We we recorded a, a, a four-track demo, yeah. which I... Engineered. Yeah. I was that guy. In the in the practice space. Yeah. Yeah. I was the guy who read the manual and yeah. <laughs> learned how to use the machine. Recording practice spaces, too. I remember you'd have to, like, all right, we're going to go on, like, a Sunday when no one's... We'll go, like, at... <laughs> Like any time, you know, because if other bands were there, it would bleed in. Well, but. the the first the first demo we made again it was on the four track. Yeah, we played so loud it didn't really matter. Yeah, yeah. It's, and yeah. Um, again, it was only a four track, and it was you know on cassette. That was right. the medium that we recorded yeah. to. So basically, all I did was set up two mics, yeah. recorded the band, set the levels from the two mics centered. Yeah, they were closest to the drums. Basically, I mixed I mixed the tape. With just mic placement. Yeah, yeah. Then we played the songs all live. Right. We recorded it. And when I was happy with, you know, the mix, so much of the guitar, so much of the bass, the drums, everything was, you know, okay. Then we overdubbed the vocals. Right. The main vocals and the the the, the uh, backing tracks. Right. Certainly not the harmonies. Right, right. Harmony <laughs> doesn't exist in Thrash. <laughs> but... Um, so we, we did this four track yeah. thing and we're kind of playing it around, giving it to friends and whatnot. Yeah. Wasn't we weren't necessarily trying to get gigs, man. Right. We just you, you needed something. Yeah. To you know, give to your friends. And then I was at a club one night in Lynn and it was this band playing. This guy had a weird looking strat. Yeah. And I started talking to him. Yeah, you know, we're talking about guitar talk. Nice strat, what's this? Right. And you know, of course, you know, hey, what do you do? What do you play? What kind of music do you want to do? That whole right. thing. And I told him about the you know the, the the band. He said, "Did you have a demo?" And I said, "Well, yeah, sure. I got this four track thing I did." And he took it. and He's like, "Well, I have a studio too. I'll listen to it and see what's up." I didn't really think much of it. Right, you know, right. Everyone, cause I got a studio. Yeah. 
I got a studio up in my bedroom. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so I got a phone call a few days later. He was like, I really like this. I want to record you guys. Yeah. Then he went in a little deeper. Was like, I got a 24 track studio. I got this, I got that. I got real, real, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So he said he wanted to do a spec deal with us. Yeah. Which means basically he's going to front the recording. Yeah. And try to get us signed and then would give him so much of a percentage of this and that right. and the other thing. And again, I didn't care what blah, 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 it's noise, whatever. I just yeah. play guitar. Yeah. yeah, we want to record. Yeah, of course. And 24 tracks is certainly better than four. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure you're a, if, if you have that many tracks, you know how to use it a lot <laughs> yeah. better than I know how to use my four. Right, of course. So we went in with him, and then we recorded our, what is now known as sort of the, the official TI demo. Right. It was a, a five-song thing. Yeah. But in actuality, it wasn't really five, it was just really three. Right. And then two stupid songs. Okay. One of which was My Brush. My Brush, yeah. And there was another, even stupider, even shorter, yeah, called Commuters. Okay. <laughs> I think that was like maybe 15 seconds, 20 seconds. <laughs> and what was that like recording for the first time in like a Oh, a we studio? were all, well, I can't say we were all, I was nervous as hell. Yeah, yeah. Because like, you know, we were actually in a studio my first time, you know, seeing a board that big and all, yeah. you know, look like you're on a Starship Enterprise. Right, right. In the car, and just like equipment everywhere. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God. Uh, I gotta, I gotta be on my game. <laughs> yeah, and um, one of, actually one of the solos uh, in DSH, the very end of it was a mistake. Oh, really? And I was so pissed off at myself. And then yeah. I listened to it, the playback, and it was like, that sounds good. That sounds yeah. great. <laughs> yeah, it was a great mistake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those that happens. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was. It, it, we we did this recording. Yeah, and then we we, we were shopping. I, I again. Blinders on. I right. wasn't following. I wasn't following up with it. Right. I just figured it would happen. Somebody's yeah. going to knock on our door someday, right. give us contracts. We sign yeah. them, and now we're on the road with Nuclear Assault or yeah. Metallica right. or yeah, yeah. whatever. Needless to say, that didn't happen. Right. <laughs> yeah. Although I did give Dan Lukler a copy of the uh, um, the four track. Oh, nice. at, In the parking lot at the channel. Thinking, you know, he'll listen to it. He'll like it. He'll right, right. We, 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 we can open shows for him. <laughs> Never got a phone call. Although yeah. I found him on Facebook. Yeah. Like, you know, just a few years ago. And I went, hey, do you ever listen to that tape? <laughs> <laughs> Did he write back? No. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, never, I guess he doesn't like it. <laughs> I can't please everybody. Maybe it's right? still in his uh, to, to listen to pile. Um. <laughs> when you're on the road like that, you get so many cassettes. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. when I was on the road with uh, even Gang Green, I was like the hired gun. Nobody know, knows who I am. Right. I still got a stockpile of cassettes, most yeah. of which I just looked at them. Usually, when I got them, I was drunk and like, right. yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely I'll check this. I'll give it to my manager as yeah. soon as out of sight. Like, right. Gone. Trash. Yeah, on the road, you're gonna carry a bunch of tapes around with you. Um, so, how, how long did uh, Ti stay together? Let's see. We were together. Uh, we we broke up. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna say late '91, early '92 was yeah. probably our last show. Okay. I was still bouncing. I was bouncing back and forth between Gangrene and Temporary Insanity. Yeah. And Gangrene and Temporary Insanity both kind of ended about the same time. Okay. Um, neither had to do with the other, of yeah, course. Yeah. But um. Yeah, Temporary Insanity just um. Things things got weird. Yeah. Okay. Uh, nobody hated each other. It was yeah. Just musically, we're starting to branch off into different directions. Yeah. Um, the the drummer was getting more um, 
I guess darker, doomier. Okay. Yeah, he was in. Uh, he, he went to grief for oh, a yeah, while. Yeah. Yep. Um, you know, if you, you listen to grief music <laughs> and you listen to Ti, it's you completely know, opposite. Completely of different. Yeah. I started to get more funky. Actually, I wanted yeah. to. I wanted to play less fast. Yeah. I wanted to play more groove. Uh, yeah. I started to listen to like the, the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh yeah. Whom I basically hate. Yeah. Because I think I don't like Anthony Kiedis' yeah. voice. Yeah. But I love Fleas playing. Oh yeah. I just watched a, like a recent show of them, a live thing from. It was from this year, and uh, I was same thing. Where like, I've always had sort of a love hate relationship with him because he's just annoying. But as a band, musically, they always have a kick ass guitar player and yeah, Flea and, and Chad as a rhythm section. Or, or I started to gravitate to that kind yeah, of funk. Yeah, and that was that era. Probably it would have been like early nineties when that whatever started, um whatever that was. I, I I don't even know the name of the blood. No, no, uh, Mother's Milk. I think it was. Yeah. I think that's the album that came out that kind of made me go, hey, yeah, I want to get funky, yeah. funky. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I'd be playing stuff for Randy, and he's like, eh. Yeah. And Randy plays stuff for me, I'm like, eh. Right. So, and um, Randy, I, he was also in, uh, involved in, in Disrupt. Oh, all right. Actually, at the point where we're getting, oh, wow. Temporary <laughs> Insanity was breaking up. Randy was starting to gravitate to, to Disrupt. Okay. He was in Disrupt first. Yeah. And then... Um, I I wasn't in the circle, right. so I don't know what happened when it went from disrupt to to, to, to grief. grief. Yeah, yeah. Actually, in, in actuality, I was in grief for a while. Oh, really? Oh, uh, for like like a month. Okay. Um, we. <laughs> I'm fly, I'm jumping all over. No, the no, that's fine. Yeah. The uh, temporary scene they got back together again. Yeah. The the guy who did the five track uh, five song demo. Yeah. Now living in Los Angeles, his name is Chris Johnson. Okay. He had his own record company yeah. at this point. It was called Sky Door, I think. Okay. And he, uh, he's like, I, I got my own record company. Get the band back together yeah. again. I get distribution. Just just get the band. Don't worry about it. Right. So I'm like, all right. Well, all we got to do is get the band back together. Right. So, you know, we did it. And it, it didn't work out for various reasons, but, uh, you know, I don't want to get into a mudslinging thing. No, you know? no, that's fine. I mean, we're all still friends. There's a lot, yeah. lot of love and yeah, just, of course. just things happen. But yeah. Randy was also in grief at the time. Yeah. And grief wanted to rehearse in the same rehearsal space. So we were sharing a rehearsal space. Yeah. And something, I don't know what, what the deal was, but they wanted another guitar player. Yeah. So I'm like, well, fuck it. I mean, I'm already here. You're yeah. here. Yeah. I'll just do it. Yeah. So uh, I we, we, we rehearsed, mm -hmm. and uh, I think we did maybe one, poss definitely one, possibly two shows. And I feel bad. The, 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 a record contract, I think it was Century Media. Yeah. The, a record contract was drafted for Grief yeah. with my name on it. Oh, wow. And it was at that point I'm realizing, oh, shit, this is getting real. Yeah. I, you know, I'm, I'm about to sign a contract. I'm like... Is this really what I want to play? Right. You know, we're, I'm going to sign this, and then we're going to be in Europe. Right. And I'm thinking, you know, I know in my heart it's not really what drives me. Yeah, yeah. And I thought it would be unfair to myself, but more unfair to them. Yeah, of course. To be the pain in the ass. Right. That isn't 100% into now it. Now we've already signed it. We're legally bound to things. And yeah. then all of a sudden I'm like, you know what? Uh, I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. yeah. But I've already signed the contract. So right. I'm like, I, it was a hard decision for me yeah, to make. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But I didn't... They were pissed. They were pissed at me for many years. Yeah. 
but I hope they realize that ultimately in the end I did them a favor because it would have got even more hairy right. if I had signed it. Yeah. And then we're, we did do these tours. And, yeah, and you were just and not then, 100% there. That's not... Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, in situations like that, you're really going to be kind of all or nothing. Yeah, definitely. Because you're literally kind of signing your life away to a degree. Yeah, and, and when you're on, it's it's a team, you know, with the other band members. And, and so if you have one guy that's not there 100%, it's not going to... Uh... I mean, I loved all the guys. Yeah, yeah, of we course. We all had a great yeah. time playing. Yeah. Um, I'm still friendly with them. Yeah, yeah. Some of them are not necessarily friendly with each other today. Yeah. And again, yeah. I, I won't yeah, get if, into yeah, any of that, that, but... And I never had a really a problem with them. Yeah. Well, actually, I did have one problem with them. They broke one of my mics once, but, <laughs> you know, whatever. I, I, got, right. I got over that quickly. <laughs> they probably broke the mic after I said, oh, I can't sign the contract. <laughs> you fucking asshole. <laughs> to, to go backwards a little, uh, so you were in uh, Gangrene. So how, how did that happen? Um, Tony Nichols. Yeah. He's a guitar player from Malaya Rage. He yeah. was in Gangrene. And I don't know what the deal was per se. I think he was just a part-time filler himself. Yeah. Or I don't know if he was ever like, you know, I'm, I'm in the band. Right. He was in the band. Yeah. And he wanted to get out and do his own um, his own thing, Malaya Rage. Yeah. And I came onto the scene with Temporary Insanity. This is before we, we were, I think this is before we even had a guitar player. Uh, yeah. Boy, before we even had a singer. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we became friends with Malaya Rage. I'm a fucking idiot. We became friends with Maniac, <laughs> yeah. who later turned into Wargasm. Wargasm, yeah, yeah. And, you know, we were hanging out at the shows and stuff, and we, we had a recording of our music, but there was no vocals on it. Yeah. So I, I assume that Tony heard it yeah. and saw that, you know, I wasn't too shabby. Right. And he said, hey, would you be interested in doing something with Gangrene? I was yeah. like, of course. I'm not doing anything with Temporary Insanity. I'm, and again, I'm pretty sure it was before Glenn. But uh, I, I tried. I went. I went to audition. Yeah. I didn't make it. Right. I was really green. I had n really no experience. Right. I could play good. Yeah. And I had that gay guitar that Chris hated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I could play good. I mean, yeah. I, I remember at the audition, people looking at me, you know, and you play, and you can see you know, that that head kind of, and they're looking at each other like, oh, yeah, this yeah. Guy's all right. Right. But I was green. I really hadn't played many shows. Right. I didn't know much. I didn't get the job. Yeah. And uh, the guy who came in after me, or, or who, who would have um, been Fr Fritz, I think. Yeah, Fritz. Yep. Uh, and again, I suck with names. I can't remember yeah. names. Fritz. Um, and he 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 got the slot. Yeah. So in the time that Fritz was a guitar player, till I came in, eventually. Yeah. Uh, temporary insanity. We're playing. I'm, yeah. I'm getting shows, and I'm you know I'm getting my feet wet. I'm getting yeah. I'm getting the experience that I needed that I lacked before. Yeah, of course. So now, fast forward a few years. Uh, Fritz is leaving or kicked out, whatever. I don't know what the story is. I think he, I think he left. Yeah. yeah. I don't know the reason. Family, whatever, right. career, he wanted to be an engineer, mm -hmm. whatever. I don't know. It doesn't matter. It's moot, really. Right. He, he left. Yeah. And then they contacted me again and said, you just, would you be interested in uh, trying out again? Mm -hmm. So obviously, they, you know, my name was still on the, the board. Yeah. And they probably figured it had been a couple of years. They know yeah. I've been playing out. Right. So I went down. I auditioned again. We played and like come down again, and you know, we just kept rehearsing and, and then yeah. finally I'm like, so what's <laughs> what are we doing? Is right, this, right. am I am I still auditioning? Am I in the right. band? Yeah. And um, Chris is just like, just you know, shut up. <laughs> just play here in the band. Yeah. Like, oh, all right. 
You could have told me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I got things going on at home. Right, you know? right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, so, you know, and, and it was cool. I, I went down. I was a little starstruck the second time around because they had uh, Josh Pape. Yeah. Pa- I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name properly, but right. he was in DRI. Yeah, yeah. And apparently coming him coming out of that wasn't really great. Right. And again, I, I don't know that, that, that story, story either, but right. apparently there was some kind of bad blood, something, whatever. Okay. I don't know. Right. But I remember the first rehearsal or uh, audition. Yeah. Uh, and there's Josh. I'm like, what's the guy from DRI? <laughs> right. <laughs> and I was like, you know, I, I kept a cool exterior, but inside I was like, whoa, that guy. Yeah, yeah. And we were playing. And then come to find out he was actually kind of a dick. Yeah. Because we went out on the road and, um, I mean, he, he was he was cool. Right. But he had a, a bit of a, bit of a, bit of a drug habit. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And when he wasn't uh, actually when we, when we came back around into the Boston, we we started this tour. Yeah, we started in I think Minneapolis. By the time we came to Boston, I called up my mother. Yeah, I knew she had all kinds of pills. Right, because uh, uh, she was um, she was a mess. Yeah, I'm I'm sure she had Percocet. Right, right, and some other things. I don't know. What, yeah, what it was, but right. I had called her up and said, "Hey, mom, you think you put together a little package for me for <laughs> a care this guy?" Because when 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 um. When he was high, he was great. Right. But when he wasn't high, he was kind of a douchebag. Right, right. So I, I, I got a little pill package. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it was. And, you know, that, that kept him fed for a for while. For a couple of days, yeah. But, um, you know, it, it was it was definitely fun. Yeah, yeah. But. Uh, you toured around the United States? Did you tour Europe? I, I did two tours with them. The first yeah. one was uh, in the United States, um, support for. Uh, social distortion. Oh wow! And then the second one was uh, in Europe. We were headlining. That was kind of. It was called the Last Call Tour. Yeah. It was supposedly the ideology behind it was it was Chris Chris's uh, last tour. He wanted to, you know, be more of the married guy. Yeah, yeah. You know, do the do the family thing and the yeah. you know the career thing. Right. And obviously that didn't really work out because right. Gangrene's still together yeah, today. Yeah. yeah, they're still playing. It was a, quite a revolving door of um, people coming and going, yeah, and going yeah. and coming. And you got in, in that lineup that you were in. Did you guys have uh, Brian from Jerry's Kids on Drums? Yes. Metzger? The 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 first tour we had Brian. Yeah. And Brian is an, a smoking drummer. Yeah. When I so because I was into like Iron Maiden and Rush and that kind of thing, and then I got into hardcore. You know, drummers had these three piece, four piece sets, and then when I saw Jerry's Kids and saw Brian Petzger and heard him, I was like. My God, who's this fucking guy? And he had like a mullet. He'd wear those like sweatsuit jackets or whatever. And uh, but but he was, yeah, he was he, he was, was a kooky card. Yeah, yeah, he was. I mean, we got along great. Never yeah. never had any problems with him. Yeah. If anything, I probably bothered him. <laughs> but uh, he was um, a ph- phenomenal player, great yeah. to work with. Yeah, he you know remember everything. I I'd say okay, we're gonna do this. Okay, right. but let's go. Yeah, and he'd have it. Nice. Sometimes I you know I I. I think really quick. Right. I think better than I can talk. My mouth doesn't keep up. <laughs> yeah. Brian was really, really good. Um. Yeah. He uh, he was he was the drummer for the first tour. Yeah. And then um, I don't know what happened again. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> I, I never really got the stories on the things I probably yeah that kind of stuff. But right. Again, blinders. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Um. After the the U.S. tour, mm-hmm. he left. Yeah. Uh, I I don't think he was kicked out. Right, right. Um, I think maybe it was some kind of a family thing. His family right. did some kind of uh, billiards. 
oh, yeah. something. I think they owned uh, a facility, a yeah. billiards yeah. place, and whatever. I don't know what the story is. He left. Right. Yeah. And then Walter, Walter oh, wow. Gustafson. Yeah. That guy. Yeah. <laughs> I fucking love Walter. Yeah. He is a barrel of fun. Yeah. We had so much fun, and yeah. he's a great drummer. Walter's a little bit more kind of like um, Keith Moon. Oh, yeah. Old he's like really like... Yeah. I mean, he's great. Yeah. He's fantastic. Brian Beska's a little more like sort of like Neil Peart. Yeah. He's a little bit more, you know, fine-tuned, precise. Yeah. He does the same thing all the time the same way. And, right. Uh, Walter, you know, they're both fantastic drummers. Yeah, of course. But I had more fun with Walter than yeah. I did with Brian. Yeah. And that was the headlining tour. Um with Walter no actually you know what I'm screwing it up no actually Brian Brian was the drummer okay for for both tours actually okay. yes yeah. he, he was okay. the drummer for both tours yeah after after uh, after the European tour I mean, we did it US first yeah and we did Europe after Europe was done then there was some kind of change around right okay and then Brian exited yeah and then Walter came in yeah and we didn't do anything really to to brag about after the Europe thing. Right. We played a lot locally. Yeah. And there was some talk about possibly going to Japan. Yeah. But um, it never uh, it never manifested itself. Yeah. But Walter did. Yeah, we did all the local stuff with them yeah. with Walter. Nice. And we had dude check how how's this for a mind fog? <laughs> uh, I I I toured um, the United States with Gang Green. Yeah. Came back. And I had to go to jail for three months. <laughs> I got out of jail and then went to Europe. <laughs> so I went from an immediate high to an immediate low. To another high. Well, I shouldn't say immediate, but you know, right, right. level wise, yeah, you know, extreme high, very low, then yeah. very high again. Yeah. Oh boy, I probably need a psychologist. <laughs> um, so, uh, Gangrene. After that, did you? Uh, who? who did, did you, how long? How long were you with Gangrene? Um, I'm thinking maybe late 89, possibly 90. Yeah. The first tour was in 90. Yeah. It's a little cloudy on when I actually came in and yeah, started days. physically doing it. Right. Um, so I think the last show we played was in 92. Okay. And uh, actually Bob Mayo from Orgasm yeah. played bass. Oh, wow. On that we um we we when we toured Europe, we played with Wrathchild America. Oh, yeah. I remember them. And they're from what was it Hammerjacks, I think the place was called. Yeah. I I, I can't remember where they from. Oh god, I hate myself. <laughs> we drove like 12 hours right. to play the show yeah, or, yeah. wherever it was. Right. And um, uh, that that was like the last that show that it. I played or, or we played it as that lineup. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm thinking '92. Yeah. And then after after Gang Green um, was done, I'm thinking to myself, you know, I, I want to try something different. Yeah. Um, you know, the whole change of scenery, you right? Know, the crowd. So I, I I went to this other band called Street Heart, which okay. was an original band, but yeah. The antithesis of hardcore. Yeah, yeah. It was like, uh, it, it was kind of bordering, kind of like white lion kicks kind oh, of really? thing. Oh, really? Okay. Except I wouldn't dress that way. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember the first couple shows we were playing, 
we go to the show. I'm like, what are you wearing tonight? I'm like, this. Yeah. Look at me. This is the, really yeah. right. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'll play this stuff, but you're not going to dress me. Yeah, because, yeah. You know, this is this is this is what it is. Yeah. And you know, I I, I just wanted to try something different. Yeah. And I'd seen plenty of mohawks and piercings and tattoos. Yeah, at that point. Now I want to see the hairspray in the '80s and yeah. the, yeah. you know, the uh, that whole kind of clientele, right. so to speak. Yeah. And yeah, I just wanted to try something different musically too. Yeah, yeah. And um, it's funny, uh, Agnostic Front. I'm, I'm kind of segueing a little bit. That's right. Agnostic Front played actually a huge role in a lot of some of my life decisions. Yeah. And that being when I was with this band Streetheart. Okay. Um, uh, I was, I went to Agnostic Front show up in I think it was Salisbury. Yeah. And I was I'm in the crowd and I'm watching them, and I'm standing there and thinking. I got to make a change. Yeah. Because this is what I want to do. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I quit Streetheart like yeah. after that show. Yeah. Oh, nice. And they weren't happy about it, but... You know, right. Yeah. I mean, we still... every It was never, I, I hate you, man. It was Right, every, right. They kind of understood. Yeah, of course. Um, it was kind of against my grain musically, yeah, but yeah. I was trying it. I wanted to try something different. And it, I did well with it. Yeah. It did well. Yeah. But... It just wasn't my bag of chips. Yeah, just something outside of your comfort zone. To and uh, again, the agnostic front uh, infiltrating my life. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. The um, they were playing. Uh, I'm married. Yeah, quite happily, actually. Yeah. I never thought that would ever happen. <laughs> I vowed off. I will never ever get married. I hate everything, <laughs> and you know I did. But while we were courting, yeah, um, agnostic front was playing one night. Okay. And my then girlfriend, now wife, is like, don't you know? Aren't you gonna go? I'm like, no. Yeah. I'd rather spend time here with you. <laughs> and she knows how much I love Agnostic Front. Right. And the fact that I didn't go to see them and chose her over going to the show. Yeah. Galvanized her love for yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> and and, you know, and uh, so I, I get that going That's for me. Good. That's good, man. <laughs> I get that going for me. <laughs> So after Streetheart, did you play any play with any bands right after that? Well, I um, I never stopped playing. I'm yeah, always, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm a lifer. I'm going to do yeah. it until I drop dead to yeah. some capacity. Yeah, of course. Uh, I did the cover band route for oh, yeah, many years. The Hangovers, was that one of the... That was definitely one yeah. of them. Um, there was the Hangovers. Um, even Streetheart did some cover things. Okay. It's a band called Sold Out that later yeah. turned into the Broken Toys that later turned into um, the Bandwagon. Yeah. But as they are the Bandwagon now, I, I have actually done one show with them. Um, I, I'm I'm what I like to call a band aid. <laughs> if if a band is in a jam, you know I, I can play they bass, I can play you. guitar, whatever yeah. you need, yeah. play, you know harmonica, whatever. Right. So I, I'm a filling, a filler. Yeah. Yeah. So I did one show with the bandwagon as a bass player. Okay. But um, yeah, I, I did the cover thing for probably I don't know ten years more. Yeah. Ninety six, seven, two thousand eighteen. Yeah. I I jumped ship probably two thousand two. I would say. Yeah. And then I got back into the. I, I swore I wouldn't get back into originals. Right. Yeah. Because I didn't want to. I didn't want to fuck it up. Right. For a band, I I can't tour anymore. I'm I'm a physical mess. Yeah. Uh, I got artificial hip, artificial knee. I'm medically married. Um, 
Oh God, we're gonna we're <laughs> flying all over the place. No, no, it's fine. Yeah. I, I, I had to stop touring. Right. I had a lot of opportunities put my way. Yeah. And I had to say no to. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, the guy um, that did our uh, TI demo called me up, and uh, there was this band um, called Slamhound. Okay. And yeah. he was producing Josh, whatever his name, and I can't think of his name, who's now in. Oh God! A oh, Buck Cherry. Yeah, Buck Cherry. Yeah, yeah. I remember you mentioned that to me. He uh, he was in a the, the singer of Buck Cherry now was in a band called Slamhound. Okay. And their producer was my producer, and they're they're in Los Angeles. And he yeah. called me up and he's like, "Look, Mike, you're the guy. I, <laughs> I want you to be in this band. They're gonna open up for Motorhead. They're gonna do this." I had just had my hip operated on. Right. <laughs> I'm literally sitting there, and I can't I can't move. I can't walk. Yeah, yeah. He's like, "What, Mike? We'll, we'll we'll fly you out here. <laughs> We're gonna do." And I'm like, I, "I can't do it. Yeah, I just can't do it." Right. And then around at the same time, I got another call from Shannon Larkin, who is the drummer now of Godsmack. Yeah. Who was then? Uh, he was in. I met him in Ratchild, America. Okay. And then at the time he called me, he was in um, Ugly Kid Joe. Yeah. Okay. And they had a problem with the guitar playing. And, and Shannon and I, we got along wonderfully when we were in right. Europe together. I mean, we were like, you know, kind of like the toxic twins. I mean, yeah. we were always hanging out and having right. a good time. And we jammed together during sound checks and stuff. Right. And, you know, you know when you play with somebody, yeah, you, you get that feeling. It's yeah, like, this course. is it. Yeah. That's the feeling, you know, we had with one another. Yeah. And he called me up and said, Mike, you know, you're the guy. You know, I want <laughs> you to you're gonna come in to, uh, what I just said it, uh, Ugly Kid Joe. Yeah. And again, I'm like, I can't. Right. <laughs> it's like, dude, dude, just come on. You know, you're you going to get better. But it's not even so much that I physically couldn't do it at that moment. But right. once I did get better, I still have to maintain medical yeah, insurance. Course. Yeah, yeah. I've amassed close to probably 175, if not $200,000 yeah. worth of medical procedures. Yeah. And, you know, I can't sleep in the back of a van right. going from, you know, playing the channel to the living room to, <laughs> right. you know, CBGBs. Yeah, of course. And then go in the hospital and spend $50,000 because yeah. I need a new ball joint in my right. hip. Yeah. So, Commercial. yeah. So you, you wouldn't tour anymore at this point, obviously. And then it... I, I, I can't. Yeah. I couldn't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, getting out of doing the originals... Uh, I didn't. I didn't want to. I didn't want to screw anybody out of a situation, yeah. which was kind of almost. I think the same thing with grief. Yeah. Which is another thing because I know. Um, I can't remember what year that was. It, it might have been just before I had my hip operated on. Yeah. Or it might have been just after. I really don't recall. Right. But I, I. I knew I was working. I knew I had some problems. Yeah. And I knew I had to maintain. Right. Uh, uh, medical insurance. Yeah. Um, so I didn't want to be that guy. Hey, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna open it up for Led Zeppelin. I yeah. can't go. Right, I know, right? Fucking asshole! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it almost happened again. I was in a uh, I after I did my the cover band route. Yeah. Route, yep. Did that whole bag. Yeah. That whole scene, man. <laughs> and I got sick of it. I, I want to say real quick, but I did it for like ten years. So I, yeah. I guess you know didn't. I just wanted to. I wanted to exploit myself. I'm yeah, like, I'm good enough. I can make some money at this. Yeah, because yeah. I certainly didn't make any money to brag about with any of the other things I did. Yeah, but it was never about that, really. Yeah, but um, it's a good way to. For I know a lot of people that do that, and it's a good way to to make money, and it's also just fun. To play. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I love to play, yeah. Yeah. and I like to be challenged. Yeah, and it's nice I like to, to see try different things. Yeah, and there's certain there's something to be said for. You know, playing in front of people like in 
Cambridge or Boston that want to come and see an original band and there's something to like people just want to go to a bar and hear songs they're familiar with that you know and uh, it's, it's a good I think it's a good to, to see like live bands doing that is always uh, kind of fun well, I, n- I now realize in lieu of everything I have done yeah. that I'd rather play for two people that like what I'm playing than play for 200 people yeah, with their that are just I'm a live jukebox there. yeah of course yeah and if I never heard or played Roadhouse Blues again, <laughs> although I, I like to play it on the harmonica, mm. um, but playing it on bass or guitar, it's just like, ah, oh, forget it. Anyway, yeah. you know, Mustang, Sally. <laughs> yeah. Um, just, I, I'm just, I'm done. I, I, I can't do that stuff anymore. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I, I'm in another band now called Guns of Brighton. Yeah. And it's just, it's just fun. Yeah, I'm having yeah. fun. I'm enjoying it. And we will play in front of two, three people. Yeah. Sometimes. Right. We've also played in front of a few hundred, but yeah, yeah. You know, the two, three people like this yeah. material and they want to see it. Yeah, of course. I've had people come up to me when I was doing a cover thing and say, "You play bass, great." Yeah. And I'm thinking, but I'm the guitar player. <laughs> or, or the other way around. Right, right. They're, they're not paying attention. Yeah. They don't care. Yeah. It could be anybody. Just yeah. Up there. <laughs> so yeah, so Guns of Brighton. Uh, what what is that band about? Um. My partner, yeah. <laughs> musically speaking, now uh, yeah. Mark Duchesne. Yeah, it's it's basically his baby. Yeah, um, I, I'm 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 a good tool. Yeah, whenever I write, uh, I'm my own worst enemy. Yeah, because I turn it into something. I, I want to put everything into it. Right. Um, I've been poisoned by Frank Zappa and Rush. <laughs> yeah, and I want to just go crazy. Right. Um, it's hard for me to focus. Yeah. Um, Mark Duchesne wrote, wrote some good, writes good material. Yeah, yeah. He's focused. Yeah. So I, you know, we we work together. I'm kind of like his tool. Yeah. And we 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 have fun. I enjoy what what, yeah. what we're doing. Mm-hmm. But um, actually, I, I was going to a point. I wanted to. Uh, I, I lost track of it. Yeah, yeah. We'll push the guns of Brighton thing off sure. to the side and back up a little bit yeah, in time. Um, with the whole, uh, uh, you know, medical. Oh yeah, uh, original thing. Yeah, but the the medical um, touring can't yeah. tour anymore. Uh, I got I got out of the covers, got into an original band. Yeah, almost accidentally. Um, there was this band called Loose Monkey. Yeah, and um, I don't know if you know Ricky Porter. No, he was in. Uh, if you saw well, him, you'd probably be yeah. like, "Oh, okay, yeah." Right. If he Ricky Porter, phenomenal drummer. I uh, you know up there tops. Yeah. Um, he was, in a, he was in a band called Loose Monkey. Right. But it was a one guitar band. Yeah. So, you know, I like to do things off the wall and yeah. crazy. And, you know, a lot of people, a lot of times, a lot of bands will be like, no, we can't do that. We're right. out of your mind. <laughs> yeah. That's what yeah, I want to do. do. I want to yeah. test the bounds of reality. Let's, right. This is it. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I call him up one day. I said, tell you what, you know, let me let me learn a bunch of your songs, right? Yeah. Because you're a one guitar band. Yeah. I'll literally sit behind stage and just play. Nobody will see me, right. and you guys will sound huge, but nobody at least just see the one guitar player. Right. And he's like, you know what? You know what? Screw that. Just just join the band. Just right. play play on the stage. Yeah. Which kind of bummed me out because I wanted to do that <laughs> and freak people out. Right. And like, how do they sound like that? Right. There's only that one guitar guy. Solo while the other yeah. Playing rhythm like. What the yeah. Fuck exactly. <laughs> but you know, so I ended up playing with right. Him. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it was all originals. Mm-hmm. And um, we got involved in this thing called Emergenza. 
Oh yeah, it was. It was some kind of contest, something. I'm on one of those. One of my bands was on one of those compilation CDs, and it. I it, never thought we would win. I never yeah. thought we'd go. I, I never, I never thought about. It. Yeah. And it, we, we we started to win. We started going to the next level, to the next level, to the yeah. next level. Now we're at the finals. Yeah. Now I'm getting scared. Right. Because if we do win. Right. We got to go on the Van Warp tour. Right. I think like second stage or something. Yeah. And you're going to do this, and you're going to go here, and go to Los Angeles. And I'm thinking, fuck, I can't do any of that. <laughs> right. I don't want to be that guy. Right, again, yeah. That's why I didn't want to get into an original yeah. band, because, you know, uh, I can't spoil the su- success for somebody else. Right, of course. Of course, I want it too, but yeah. i got to be realistic. Who the hell's... I'm a freak when I'm on stage. I, I stage dive. Yeah. I get a little drunk. I get right. into it. God! And right. I've jumped off many a stage with my guitar on. Right. What's going to happen that night? We're on, you know, out in the, you know, Cleveland, and I jump off the stage and I dislocate my hip. <laughs> you know, now I need $20,000 for someone to go and put right. it back in. Yeah. I don't have that. Right. And my, you know, I, I'm a mess. I just, I, I couldn't do it. Yeah. Well, again, long story short, we didn't end up winning. Yeah. We actually had a, a big problem. The band kind of <laughs> the band kind of imploded a backstage before we went up and played the finals. Um, yeah. Um, somebody had an argument with somebody else. Something. Somebody said something. Something right. again. Yeah. I don't remember. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know what the story was, but as it was all exploding, I remember thinking to myself, "Oh, good." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. It, it's not because of me. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, I mean, I was still giving it my best. I, yeah, I wasn't gonna, you know, I wasn't gonna throw the fight. Right. But um, it just it kind of went south on its own. Yeah. Uh, and again, I don't know why what happened. Somebody got mad at somebody. Something. Something. Right. Something. Something. Yeah. And of course, that last performance there was a lot of girl on stage. Yeah. yeah. And it, you know, whatever it didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. And then. Uh, I I ended up leaving the band shortly thereafter. You know, there was, there was some internal tor- turmoil. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I'm not gonna necessarily get into it. I mean, we're right. still all friends. Yeah. You know, to this day, I yeah. mean, Ricky Porter and I we're, we're very uh, we're very tight. Yeah, good. And uh, the rest of the guys in the band, uh, two of the guys actually, the bass player and the guitar player, kind of disappeared. Yeah. Um, I I know what happened to one, but I don't know what happened to the other. Right. And I don't want to necessarily go into what happened to the one that I do know. <laughs> yeah. Because it wasn't really great. And right. You know, you don't... Yeah, of course. I'll, I'll, don't have to go there. Yeah. But um, that's that, that's basically the story of, uh, you know, why I yeah. shouldn't begin in, right. into a, uh, an original band, <laughs> even though I'm in an original band now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and uh, the, so the style of stuff uh, you guys are playing is sort of like traditional punk. Um, right now? Oi type stuff, yeah. Yeah, Guns of Brighton, yeah. So the only way I can really explain it without, I don't know, the it's kind of like the Ramones, Social Distortion, Rancid. Yeah. Um, you kind of put that into a uh, blender. Yeah. And it's kind of like Guns of Brighton. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just, you know, it, it's fun. Yeah, it's catchy. Yeah, exactly. It's, yeah. it's 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 very digestible. It's, yeah. it's radio friendly. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I I'd love to play in like, you know, uh, an, an agnostic front. Right, right. Um, but I my body can't handle it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, everything I do just kills me now, yeah. and I'm you know, 
I'm 52 years old, yeah. and I'm suffering from all the years of stage diving. Yeah, yeah. And course. then put on the fact that I have an artificial hip and an artificial right. knee. Yeah, it's... And, you know, I'm a mess. Yeah. And, you know, jumping up and just putting everything into it. <laughs> I, I Even, you know, playing with Guns of Brighton and being moderately mellow. Yeah. Not that, not that Guns of Brighton is mellow. Right. But keeping my performance kind of mellow. Yeah, of course. I'm still done for like a day or two after that. Yeah, but because everything just hurts yeah, yeah, really yeah. bad. And then just lugging equipment and all that shit. Yeah, I'm. I I I I, I come from the Judas Priest school of yeah. martial. Yeah. Martial yeah. martiality. You know, I want to have <laughs> ten thousand amps on stage, right. and you know, I want it to be you know huge and big, and you know, a martial combo is fucking heavy. Yeah, we were talking about that uh, Anthrax show at the Paradise. Was that that was the one where they had the the 18 cabinets the when they had the, the With, camouflage yeah yeah the nine camouflage. on each side yep yep who knows if they were all plugged in but i just remember that being uh or even, even if the way i had speakers in them <laughs> i know a lot of people yeah. uh you know yeah, just you have, have a bunch of cabinets empty. and yeah. they're empty right um but to sort of wind down so you so nowadays so you're doing this and music though is still obviously a huge part of your life and you know, listening to it and well, I'm a whore. It. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'll help people out. Uh, yeah. I, I do PA. Yeah, I do lights. I have a small light show. Yeah, um, I can you know make a, a a small to medium sized room look like a club. You know? Yeah, yeah. I, I got lasers. I got fog. I can do this. I can do lights. I can do that. Yeah, uh, and even that, I'm starting to back off a little bit, because, particularly right. with the PA system. Right. Because you know, if I go to a show and I'm doing a show. And I show up by myself, and I have more equipment than the band collectively, <laughs> and I'm moving it by myself. It's just, it's a, it just goes yeah. against my whole yeah. medical suggestion by my doctor <laughs> to take it easy. Yeah, of course. And I'm lugging all kinds of stuff, but uh, I, I, I just like to be involved. Yeah, but I got I really need to retool myself and rethink yeah. about it. Yeah, I think I should do less behind the scenes because ultimately I want to be a player. I want to yeah. play. Yeah, and you know, with Guns of Brighton right now. I think I just need to focus, yeah, and just focus on you know playing the music and yeah. maybe recording a little bit. Yeah, I can. I I got a thirty-two track system set up. Oh yeah, where I can record and you know it's modest. Yeah, yeah. It, you know it's, it doesn't look like the Starship Enterprise, but right. I I can make things. You know some good demos. Yeah, nice. And um, I guess ultimately I just want to just play and write and yeah. I, I'm not going to sell my lights, but right. I probably should though. I, I got a, I got a storage facility. Yeah. With my rehearsal space, the storage facility is filled uh, with, with lights, cables, yeah. speakers, right, uh, stands. Yeah, all that kind of stuff. All kinds of stuff. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, my wife has a few things in there too. <laughs> <laughs> Pair of shoes. <laughs> well, that's awesome, man. I'm glad it's still in your blood as much as. Uh... It was, you know, when I knew you as a kid. And, uh, Absolutely it is. It's pretty awesome. that you know, I'm a lifer, man. Yeah, that we've known each other now for 40-something years, and uh, you're still like the same guy. I figure the last yeah. thing I'm going to do is play uh, harmonica. Yeah, Because yeah. at that point, I can have all of my equipment <laughs> in my pocket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I have, I have a, harmonica, a harmonica. I have a harmonica in my car. I can yeah. do it all the time when I'm yeah. trafficking them. Yeah, and if you're like paralyzed or something, they can put the little head thing. Yeah, on and you can still play. At the very least, as long as you can. I figure I'll be at nothing but a head on a plate at yeah. some point. Everything's yeah, gonna fall off. Yeah. Put my monica in my mouth. Well, Austin, man, thanks again for doing this, and uh, it's it's awesome to see you too. 
thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, you know, with all the guests that you've had before, yeah. and I put myself, you know, next to them, I'm thinking, why would he want to do me? And then I'm like, oh yeah, we, we grew up in the <laughs> no, It I, is about the passion. It is. It's about, uh, you know, I, I've reached out to a few friends and, and some people have said, well, you know, nobody knows who I am or, you know, and it's not really what it's about. I think it's just about people I think are... It's not about the resume, it's about and, the passion. Yeah, yeah, of course. So Hence, it's about the passion. <laughs> yeah, no, I... I'm, and I get a lot of that. Yeah, of course, so... Awesome, man. Cool. All right.